Hey, we're going to get into some stuff we're going to talk about today, and I'm believing that God's going to meet us right where we're at. I don't, again, like I, I said, I think what makes Christianity incredible is we believe in a God who has the ability to connect with us right where we're at, despite the fact that each and every one of us in this room, we're all up against different things. And so I'm believing today, even as we talk together and I speak for the next few moments, that uh, maybe God can meet us in a real way where you can get answers to some of the questions that you're up against and really find hope healing today. So I'm going to open with a word of prayer. Would you pray with me today? God, we just thank you for this place, uh, which has become uh, just like you are, so much of a tower of strength in our life, an anchor in the midst of the tumultuous ups and downs of life. God, today we ask once again that you would tighten up the rope on the anchor of our soul, that you would give us new ideas and thoughts, that you bring comfort to wondering minds and anxious hearts. God, that you would do what only you can do. I pray for the person uh, here today that may be struggling in a relationship or up against something financially for the person who feels like they're at their, the end of the rope, just anxious. And maybe for somebody here today, maybe is on the, on the, on the verge of, of suicide. God, we ask today in this moment that you would show yourself in such a real, uh, intangible way. That people would know that you're good. They would feel your goodness. God, help us to experience something today that changes our life forever. In Jesus name. Everybody said, amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to look in the book of John chapter 4. Last weekend, uh, we got together, our, our dream team here at the church, and we talked about something, and uh, my dad later heard it and asked if I would share it this weekend, so I'm going to do that. In the book of John uh, chapter 4, I'm going to start reading out of the, the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation, John chapter 4, verse 5. And it says this, Jesus arrived at the Samaritan village, wearied by his long journey. We could stop right there because I don't know about you, but I'm encouraged that even Jesus, who is our Savior, had times in his life when he was just wearied by his journey. Can I get an amen? Anybody ever been just tired because of the pace of life? It says that he was Jesus. Jesus was wearied by his journey. It says he sat on the edge of Jacob's well, and he sent his disciples into the village to buy food, for it was already afternoon. The Bible continues, soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Now, it's important to know that in the Bible days, uh, if you were a Samaritan, you, you were viewed as a lower class citizen, like uh, they, I mean, if you read certain uh, texts, they'll talk about how Samaritans, they would see them as these people as the scum of the earth. Like this, it's not really true in our society. We believe in equality and equal worth. But in Bible days, this is somebody that was uh, looked down upon by all of society. So a Samaritan woman came to draw water. And Jesus says to that woman, hey, would you give me a drink of water? Surprise, shocked. She said, why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water? So Jesus replied and says this, if you only knew who I am, and the gift that God wants to give you, you'd actually ask me for a drink and I would give you living water. The woman replied, but sir, you don't even have a bucket and this well is very deep. So where did you find this quote unquote living water? Do you really think that you are greater than our ancestor Jacob who dug this well and drank from it himself along with his children and livestock? Jesus answered, if you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again and again. But if anyone drinks the living water that I give them, they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. For when you drink the water I give, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit, springing up and flooding within you endless life. The woman replied, let me drink that water so I'll never be thirsty again and won't have to come back here to draw water. And Jesus says, like randomly it seems like, he says, hey, go get your husband and bring him back here. She says, but I'm not married, the woman answered. That's true. Jesus said, you've been married five times, and the one you're living with now, he's not your husband. He told the truth. The woman said, you must be a prophet. 
So tell me this, why do our fathers worship God here on the nearby mountain, but your people teach that Jerusalem is where we must worship? Which is right. Jesus responded, believe me, dear woman, the time has come when you won't worship the Father on a mountain or in Jerusalem, but in your heart. Your people don't really know the one they worship. We Jews worship out of our experience, for it's from the Jews that salvation is made available. From here on now, worshiping the Father will be, pay attention to this, not a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. For God is spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshipers who worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit and truth. The woman said, this is all so confusing. But I do know that the anointed one is coming, the true Messiah. And when he comes, he will tell us everything that we need to know. And Jesus says to her, you don't have to wait any longer because the anointed one is here speaking with you. I'm the one you're looking for. At that moment, the disciples returned and were stunned to see Jesus speaking with the Samaritan woman. Yet none of them dared to ask him what they were discussing. All at once, the woman dropped her water jar and ran off to her village and told everyone, come and meet a man at the well who told me everything that I've ever done. He could be the anointed one we've been waiting for. Hearing this, the people came streaming out of the village to see Jesus. I don't know if you've ever noticed in life, but so much of our life is, uh, is like muscle memory, routine. You ever been driving in the car and as you're driving, like you almost like, not blackout, but you zone out. And then you like, you've been driving for 20 minutes, like, oh crap, like I've been driving for 20 minutes and I wasn't even paying attention to like where, I, where, where I've been. You ever notice like moments like that? Like I, I wasn't even present. How dangerous was this that I was driving, driving a car? I, I was uh, preaching at a church out in Rochester. Uh, best friend Lance sitting over here in the front row. He was with me. And, and I was talking to this message with these teenagers and they were talking about how, uh, how, you know, the world wants to define you with labels and how in life you have to be willing to set aside the labels, the titles, the boxes that people want you to, you know, to fit within. And so it was a really good time, really awesome. Uh, I thought it, was, thought it was good. I thought people were impacted. Uh, when I wrapped up my, my time, though, the youth pastor there, he wanted to give a little bit extra. And so he got up on, on the stage, and he took the microphone, and, and he decided he was going to do, like, a moment of application, kind of like altar call kind of thing. And I thought we had already wrapped up the moment, but he wanted a little more. So he goes, and he gets this cardboard box, right? And he gets a Sharpie marker, and he asks everybody that's there, hey, if you're giving up the labels that the world has, has tried to put on you, I want you to come up here and I want you to write on the box what label you're giving up. So these people come up. I mean, just by, by, the, by, the, uh, by the hundreds, they're coming up and they're writing down their, they're writing their things on this box. And this box is covered with words. And so he gets the band cranked up and the band is going. And he start, he just, he's just feeling it in the moment because it's what you do like as, as a pastor or a preacher. So he's just like getting it going. He's ready to go. So he decides he's going to start ranting these words off the box and he's just going to declare over the room that you are not fat you are not ugly so he gets going right lance am i telling the truth and the band is, is really going he says you're not fat you're not ugly you're not a loser you're not a white girl somebody wrote white girl <laughs> white girl and <laughs> lance and i are like ah she definitely is a white girl <laughs> somebody had wrote, written it on the box but he was so like muscle memory like he didn't even stop to realize probably don't read that one right like probably probably there's some you should skip over that's probably one that you should skip over you don't know that we can change that right so she's given up her her her, her labels so hilarious but after, after the service, we gave him such a hard time. And he said, you know, I wasn't even thinking. I was just kind of in the moment. I think life has lived so much, of the, uh, so much of, of the time that way. We don't really think about what we're doing. It's kind of just one day to the next. We get up, we go to work, we come home, spend time with family, eat dinner, go to sleep, maybe watch TV, get up, do it all over again. Day after day after day. And I think sometimes we miss out on the fact that the things that we're doing today are actually building and crafting the life that we'll have tomorrow. Everything that you're doing today, in essence, is an investment 
for tomorrow. We don't think of it like that. And really, the, the, the whole idea of investment is sometimes difficult for us to grasp because it doesn't always work like we think it works. I think about my grandfather uh, who passed away at the end of uh, this last year. Man, he was a hero of mine. And he was uh, an outdoorsman uh, at his finest. And uh, so I grew up, don't let the pretty boy look fool you. Like I'm an outdoorsman at heart and we do hunting and fishing and all this kind of stuff. And I remember at times uh, spending with my grandpa. My grandpa wouldn't just go during the day. He could go all night long. So we'd fish all night long. We would do something called frogging. You don't I want me to explain what that is. Okay, I'll explain what it is. So frogging is, uh, don't, don't judge me, okay? So frogging is when you go out at night to canals and you catch frogs and you cut their legs off and you eat them. Yeah, I, don't, don't be judgy. You eat chicken legs and chicken arms and you're okay with that, right? Double standards all across this room. My, my God. But anyway, so we would go frog. Well, these frogging trips, man, you'd be up literally all night. You ever been up so late or haven't got a good night's sleep and you have that like sick feeling, but you're not sick and you just have like that pit in your stomach. I remember feeling that so much of the time. Uh, but I was determined. I wanted to spend time with my grandpa. And I would always think to myself, you know, Nick, you need, you need to prioritize. You need to invest. You need to make time uh, to spend with your grandpa because he's not going to be, he's not going to be around forever. All of us in this earth, we're eventually going to pass on. We don't live forever. And I remember thinking to myself, I need to invest. I need to spend time, even if it's difficult. And if I'm honest with you, I, I felt good about myself for this because I'd be the one, I'm the, the one, uh, the one that would man, be there and stay up all night and have these conversations and as, as, as time went on, and, and, and he's, he passed away this, the end of this last year, I've had a lot of time to think, and I've had a lot of time to think about the man that he was and the legacy that he left and, and uh, the investment that I thought that I, I, I made into, man, being there for my grandpa. But one thing that I've realized is all of the time that, that I thought, man, I was investing hours of my life and spending time with him, I thought I was investing in my grandfather, but as time has gone by, I really see that it was my grandfather that was investing in me. Because I was learning things through those conversations throughout the night that I wouldn't have learned otherwise. I think about the man that I am today, and I'm only half the man that I have become, I believe, because of those all-night fishing trips and frogging trips with my grandfather. When he talked about life, and he talked about adversity, and sometimes you got to push through, and he would take his finger, and he would say, it's all up here. It's all in your perspective. you got to be willing to push through pain. you got to be willing to push through even tiredness. you got to be willing to be betrayed, and even when you're betrayed, you have to be willing to trust people again. You have to love your wife. I remember times we'd be getting ready to leave, and he'd roll down his window. Make sure you always say bye to mama, he'd said. He rolled down that window, and he'd say, love you, dear. Bye, guy. We would, and all of these things. Did you know that that stuff sticks with me? It's been ingrained into who I was all this time. I thought I was investing in him when he, in reality, was investing in me. <laughs> investments are, are, are tricky. And here's, here's why, why investments are, are, are tricky. Because being willing to invest requires you being willing to embrace uncertainty. What am I talking about? You don't really know if something's a good investment until you get to the end. I can't take $100,000 and put it in an investment account, and as soon as I put it into the investment account, say, oh, look at this great investment I made. No, I actually have to wait years. And eventually, I get down to this place down here, and what got me here is what I did there. 
A lot of times in life, I think it's difficult for us to invest. What am I talking about? I'm in, the, in the Bible, it talks about how your life, this whole principle of everything that you do is an investment. You're not just living, you're actually investing in your relationships. How you treat your relationships today will determine how your relationships end up tomorrow. How you treat your job today determines where your job will end up tomorrow. How you treat your finances will determine where your finances end up tomorrow. How you treat your physical health, the way that you eat, the way that you exercise will determine your physical state uh, Tomorrow, it's this whole perspective of what I do today will determine where I end up tomorrow. But because I have to embrace uncertainty, I think so many of us just settle for the rat race of life. Because we want things now, don't we? I want things now. I want it. And rather, rather than invest and take the risk of embracing uncertainty so much of the time, don't we settle for the lives that we have? We settle for the cards that we've been dealt. It's interesting because when we read this text, this is really what Jesus is trying to get this woman to do. He's trying to get her to invest. Would you give me a cup of water? Why do you want me to give a cup of water? Because I'm trying to give you water that if you drink my kind of water, you'll never thirst again. What is he really talking about? This, this is a picture. This is a picture of what? Satisfaction. This is a picture of fulfillment. Why does that concept even matter to all of humanity? Did you know, because I could pass around this microphone and I could ask each and every one of us, what are you looking for in life? And you know, in some variation, some, some, uh, if, we, if we had to boil it down, we'd all in essence be looking for the same thing, fulfillment. We'd all in essence be looking to know my life mattered, that it counted for something, that I wasn't just occupying a space in a system, that everything I did, that there was a reason for it, that, that I mattered. And Jesus is saying, if you'll give to me a cup of water, in other words, if you'll see that what you're doing in life is not just routine, but it's actually an investment, if you'll shift your perspective, I have an ability to give you something that your work, that your family, that your friends, that your money can't give you. I can give you the thing that you're looking for, water that if you drink it, you'll never thirst again. And yet when this woman is given this opportunity to invest, she struggles. And I think we're more like this woman than we think. We, we resist uh, this principle of seeing everything that we do as an investment. This is why, aren't we, why we're so selfishly motivated, why we get mad when people treat us wrong, when we look at the world around us or our job or we look at finances or politics and we, we become selfishly uh, defensive I think a lot of times because we feel stuck because we don't see our lives and the things that we're doing as an investment. So today I want to look into this woman's story. I think we can see very clearly why she struggles with investing. And I think if we can identify it, we can maybe push forward to the lives that we desire. I think the first reason that this woman struggles with investing and what I'm really talking about is getting all in. I'm talking about being involved in your relationships with 100% of your heart. I'm talking being involved with the job that you hate because it sucks and you're not treated fairly. Being, is it possible that I could see that as an investment, a place where I could still give it 100% of my effort to be all in, to be all in with my faith, to be all in as it pertains to trusting and believing God, not just on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., but actually make God a part of my life. Why, why do I struggle? Why, why do I struggle to be all in? Why do I struggle to invest? I think the first reason we struggle is because of where we come from. Write that down if you're taking notes. The first thing that caused this woman to struggle with giving Jesus a cup of water, investing, is where she came from. Don't you know that I'm a Samaritan woman? 
What, why is a Jewish guy talking to a Samaritan? What is she talking about? Don't you understand my journey? I think a lot of times it's hard for us to invest. It's hard for us to dig our heels in. It's hard for us to stay planted in our relationships as it pertains to our finances or physical well-being in our church. It's hard for us to, to, to stay planted, to stay invested because of our journey. What am I talking about? Because we've been burnt. Because we've been hurt, has ever, anybody in this place ever been taken advantage of by somebody that you thought you should have been able to trust? I mean, a boss or somebody that, man, this is my boss. They should, they should have my best interest in mind, and yet they let me go with no explanation. And since I had that experience, now I'm hesitant to trust any boss that I have in the future. Have you ever been there? Maybe in relationships, somebody betrayed you, somebody stabbed you in your back. Maybe it was your brother or your sister, your fiance, your uncle, and you look back on your life and you think it's hard for me now. You look at your current situation. It's hard for you to trust people. You become isolated. You're extra guarded. You don't invest in relationships like you once did because of your journey. This is where this woman's at. Don't you know the road that I've walked? Don't you know the, the, the journey that, 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 that I've taken? I think some of us in this place, we invest in those around us. You may be a business owner in here and you know what it's like to invest your blood sweat and tears years of equity into an employee and you hear stories like this all the time the employee leaves and they take your business model and they go start another business down the street and you think to yourself man i've been burnt i can never trust anybody again so you drive yourself crazy emotionally overloaded in your soul because you're trying to do everything on your own because bless god you're never going to trust another person as long as you live what am i talking about i don't i don't invest I don't get all in because of the journey that I've walked. And what Jesus is saying to this woman, if you give me a cup of water, if you set aside your journey, I can help you reconcile your journey. I can help you deal with the emotional wounds of your past that come as a result of mistrust and, and trust that has been broken and people betraying you and doing you wrong. And I love Jesus' response. He responds and he says, man, I wish, I wish you knew who I was. What, what, is, what, is, what, is, what is he communicating? He's, I think he's telling this woman, I'm not the one that hurts you. So much of the time, isn't it funny how we tell, I can't trust this person because somebody else, does that even make any sense? Like we hold other people to the standard of our betrayer. Because somebody else betrayed me, that means I can't trust somebody in the future. I'm here to tell you today, if you'll be willing to shift your perspective and invest in your relationships, invest in things that are difficult, invest in the life that you currently have, you can build the life that you ultimately desire. God can help you reconcile your journey. He can help you reconcile the road that you've walked despite what people have done to you. Despite what people have hurt you, I think the first reason she struggles to get all in because of where she comes from. The second reason I think she struggles to get all in is because of the lack of convenience. Write that down if you're taking notes. Lack of convenience. Would you get me a cup of water? The well is deep and you don't even have a bucket to draw water. Lack of convenience. When you think back on your life, can we just pause and be real in this place and think, how many opportunities have we missed because we weren't willing to put in the work? It, wa it wasn't convenient. It, was, it wasn't easy. It was going to take me having to, to do what? To, to put my blood, sweat, and tears. It was going to take time. I was going have to have to do something. I think so much of the time we miss out on the life that we really want. We miss out in investing and in, 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 in experiencing something really, really beautiful and special in our life. You know why? Because it takes, because it takes work. Did you know that there are two things that every good investment takes? Number one, write it down. It's work. It's work, it's work, it's work. Work, work is not a, a cuss word. 
Like, so in our society, we think to ourselves, when we think of work, we think, oh, God, here we go again. What have you been doing? I'm just working, you know, like getting up every day and going to work. I hate my job, but I got to work because I got to make money so I can put food up. Work is like our enemy in our world. I mean, isn't it really? I mean, isn't it, isn't it really when we think about work, we don't say, oh, I'm so excited. I get to go to work. Like, that's not, that's not how we live our lives, right? Work has become an enemy in our society. Did you know that God actually made you to work? Wah, wah, wah. Like, not what you came to hear this morning, right? God, God made you to work. It's funny, I've grown up in church and you hear Christians talking and thinking, I'm mad, you know, Adam and Eve, if they wouldn't have eaten from that forbidden fruit, we wouldn't be toiling. Yes, you would, because God made Adam and Eve to work. Before there was, before there was disobedience, he said that you are going to, you're going to work the ground. You're going to be fruitful and you're going to multiply. You see, work was always intended to be a part of your existence. The issue I think that we have with work is we took work, which was supposed to be a part of our existence, and we made it a part of our significance. You see, your work, your work, you getting up every day and working on something putting in some sweat equity, going after it, going after something, building something, building your marriage, building your kids, building your finances, building your career, building your life, building your dreams, building God's house. All of this was supposed to be a part of your existence. It was never intended to be a part of your significance. So the challenge is because we make it a part of our significance, now a a stay-at-home mom sees her role as insignificant because she's not as important as the CEO of a company. You hear what I'm saying? I'm talking about the garbage collector or the librarian or the mechanic or the technician doesn't see himself or herself as important as the person who is up in the political system or somebody who is a star that we see their names and they're popular. And I'm here to tell you today, it doesn't matter what you do. You have been created by God on this planet to put your hand to do something. And this is why the Bible says, this is why the Bible says, whatever you set your hand to do will prosper. Whatever you set your hand to do will prosper. But I'm just a stay-at-home mom. Whatever you set your hand to do will prosper. But I just sell cable television. Whatever you set your hand to do will prosper. And I think so much time we're limited by where we're at because we can't see how where we're at can get us to where we want to be. But this is the nature of investment. You can never see how this is going to get me to where I'm going to be until you get there. And then you look back on your journey and you think, wow. Do you think in your, when you look back on uh, within the context, do you think David, we talked about him last week, as a shepherd boy watching his sheep, watching his father's sheep, do you think that, that he ever saw that the trajectory of that work would ever lead him to be a king in a kingdom, in a palace? No. God has this way of getting you where you need to be if you'll stay faithful and willing to put in the work. What am I talking about? If you'll give him water, if you'll work your job, not just unto your boss, but unto God, he has an ability to get you where you need to be. And it doesn't matter if you've been burnt. It doesn't matter if it seems, if it's sometimes we, we think because we have a horrible boss that they're going to keep. No person can keep you from the place that God has called you. Somebody needs to hear me today. No person can keep you from the place that God has called you. If you have a dream in your heart, what do I do? Do I need, no, you need to stay faithful with where you're at. Don't have confidence in your own ability and your own effort. Put your confidence and your, and your, and your focus on God, that God, you can make a way where there seems to be no way. Yeah, but my boss is unfair and my spouse isn't very friendly. Yeah, but God can make a way where there seems to be no way if I'll be committed, even when it doesn't seem convenient. If I'll be willing to put in the work, then God has something to work with. 
Good investments take work. The second thing they take is risk. In other words, it's literally the definition of investment. I am giving a big bear hug to uncertainty. How is it going to end? I I don't know, but I'm going to keep at it. And I'm going to keep at it. And I'm going to keep at it. And I'm going to keep at it. You're putting in work to get where? I'm just being faithful. Because if I can set my hand to do something, then I give God something to work with. And that's what Jesus is trying to convey to this woman. Man, if you'll put in the, if you'll, I know, I know it's not convenient. I know the well's deep. I know I don't have a bucket. But if you'll put in the work, I can give you something that can give you the very thing that you're looking for. I will give you water. And when you drink my water, you will never thirst again. You will experience fulfillment that your job can't give you on its own. And your relationships can't give you on their own. And your finances can't give you on their own. I have an ability, if you'll be willing to embrace sometimes inconvenience that I can get you right where you need to be. Being willing to embrace work. Being willing to embrace. And what really, I think the beautiful thing is what God is really wanting to do, what Jesus is really wanting to do in this situation. If you'll give me your work, I can give you something that fulfills you. In other words, what he's communicating is all of those missed opportunities that you've had in your life that make you feel washed up and make you feel like you missed the boat, I can make up for lost time. That's, that's really what Jesus, for, for the person in this place that you think, wow, it's too late. I should be further along than I am right now. I'm telling you, if you'll change the motivation of your heart and be faithful to invest, that God has an ability to miss out on the missed experiences of your life, and he can make up for lost time as it pertains to your relationships. He can make up for lost time as it pertains to your dreams. I don't care if you're in third quarter or fourth quarter of your life and you think, man, I wish I had my 20s back and I wish I had my 30s back. If you'll just be faithful in your 50s and 60s and shift your mentality to say, you know what, I'm going to start investing today. I'm here to tell you that God can make up for lost time. He can make up for missed opportunities. It's not too late. No, this is what God does. First thing that keeps her from getting all in is where she comes from. Second thing is the lack of convenience. The third thing is this, right? This out if you're taking notes, her conscience. The thing that, that keeps her from getting all in is her, is her conscience, is, is what? Is her emotional burden. It is, is really the condition of an unkept soul, anxiety. Because as long as you're overwhelmed with, with where you've been, you can never get to the place that you want to go. As long as you're overwhelmed with where you are in your current situation and how it doesn't look like you want it to look, your kids don't look like you want them to look, your spouse isn't behaving the way you want them to behave, your job, there's no way that this could be leading me to where I I want to. As long as I'm overwhelmed with my current situation, I can never get to the place that I want to go. That's why it almost seems like Jesus is being really, really random. He's trying to, to talk to this woman about, hey, I need you to invest, but it's almost like she's tuning him out, like she's not getting it. And so then Jesus out of nowhere says, hey, would you go get your husband and bring him here? It's like, what? That's so random. Like, I thought we were talking about, I thought we were talking about the journey and I thought we were talking about the work and you want to stop and you want to say, hey, would you go get your husband? And the woman is like, huh? Wait, what, what, are, what are we talking about here? She says, I don't, I don't even, what do you, I, I don't even, I don't even have a husband. She said, I know, but that's, that's, that's what you're thinking about, isn't it? You've, you've, you've had five husbands and the one you're living with now, he's not your husband, but you probably want him to be, but you're probably afraid it's not going to work out if you've already had five failed marriages. In other words, it's probably weighing on your soul and because it's weighing on your soul, you can't see what I'm wanting to do because you're so consumed with what you've been through. How, how, how much of our life 
how much of our life are we missing out on what God is trying to get to us because we're just so overwhelmed with our situation. We're so overwhelmed with our wounds. We're so overwhelmed with what we see in our current state, in our current situation. This is why the condition of your soul is so important. This is why you can't just give into anxiety and you can't just give into depression. This is why you have to be willing when God is asking you to commit the things that you're doing to him. Man, if you'll just change the motivation of your heart and say, despite what I'm feeling, God, I choose, I choose to invest. I choose to invest my emotions. Even when I hurt, I'll praise you. God, even when it hurts in the midst of the storm, even if it hurts like hell, even if I don't see a way out, I'm going to keep investing. I'm going to keep investing. I'm going to, I'm going to keep, keep investing. The woman has this experience where Jesus has just read her mail. She's just had a God like experience, God encounter. We have these moments, right? You have moments where you're like, no, God is for sure real because you have these moments. God is real because when the band worship, I felt something I can't even explain. Like my heart started beating weird and I felt like goosebumps and nobody, even Beyonce can't make that happen. You know what I'm talking about? Like I just, it, it was, it was more than a moment. Like it made me consider that there has to be more. She just had a God encounter, a God experience. And it's funny because she responds and says, oh, you must be a prophet. And she responds like a lot of Christians do when they have a God encounter or a God experience or they encounter something that seems to be supernatural. I see people do this all the time with me. Like you'll be out with people and and talking and then they're you know they're cussing up a storm and blankety blank mother effer and like all this kind of stuff and and then you're they're like what do you do and you're like oh i work for the church they're like oh yes yeah 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 i don't talk like that all the time it's just like here and there sometimes and you know what i've been going to church man not all the time but like god's working in me he's doing some things and you know like really i've been reading my bible more i've been praying too praying like i talk to god every morning like every morning i wake up and it's like i do my devotional and she, she almost gets like real spiritual on jesus you, you, you notice what I'm talking? You must be a prophet. Would you tell me where it is that we should worship? Should we worship here or should we worship there? In other words, what she's 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 doing what what a lot of what do I have to do to make sure that I'm checking all the boxes so that I can get access to what it is that you have for me? What, what, Jesus is saying, I'm trying to give you living water, and all I need you to do is give me a cup of water. But she wants to say, no, no, no. Where do I need to worship? And so much of the time, how much do I need to pray? to get God in the middle of my situation? How much do I need to fast? How many times do I need to show up to church in a month to make sure God knows that he has my heart? And Jesus is saying, no, it's not, it's not about that. You, you couldn't check off enough boxes. It's not about box checking. It's about, it's about the condition of your heart. What is, what is he saying? It's, there, there's no, it's, it's not a magic trick. It's not how many times do I show up to church and then God, but no, God wants it. How do you see church attendance? That's what God's about. How, how do you view church attendance? How do you view your marriage? You think, to how many times do I have to keep talking to my husband? How many times do I have to keep putting my flesh under it? How many times do I have to buy? No, no, no. It's not about how many times. It's not about God. I've been serving you for 20 years. He wants to know with what heart have you been serving him? What has been the position of your heart? I mean, we talk about giving and generosity and we think, well, how much do I need to get? It's not about how much. It's about what's your attitude towards generosity. That's what Jesus is, 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 is telling this woman. You don't got it. doesn't matter if you worship him here and it doesn't matter if you worship him there. It's a matter of does your heart worship him or is it just in your actions? Are you just, just dotting I's and just crossing T's? Because if all you want to do is just dot I's and cross T's, you're never going to get there. Sometimes we want, we want God, we find, because why? This is the whole essence of the conversation. We find comfort in certainty. 
So we're more comfortable knowing that I'm not doing what God wanted me to do, but at least I know what he wants me to do. Meaning I'm, I'm not reading my, this is what people say, I'm not reading my Bible as much as I should. Well, how much should you be reading your Bible? Like, where's the scripture and verse that says, read it every morning, in the morning, and at the night? Like, it's, it's, it's not about that. It's, it's how do you view the Bible? Like, do you believe it is God's word speaking to you out of an act of devotion? When I read the Bible, I don't just learn about God. I learn about myself. I have to read the scripture so I can figure out who I am because I live in a world that wants to tell me who I am. And it wants me to feel like I'm defeated. I need God's word. I need God's word in me. It's not about how much do I read it. It's about my heart towards it. It's about my heart towards my spouse, my heart towards my family. Sometimes we want to know what religious practice we need to do to get God to work in our life. And sometimes God just wants a cup of water. In other words, he, he's, he's, he's just, what do, what, do you, what, do you, what, what do you have at your disposal? Sometimes he's not asking you to do anything new. He's just asking you to do what you have been doing with the right heart. And so he challenges this, this woman with this. And he's, she's, he's saying, it's not about, it's not about the to-do list. She struggles with it like most of us struggle with it. The Bible says that she says, this is also confusing. Like I thought it was about no sin and I got to live right and I got to do right and I got to make sure that I do everything right. So that, and, and you just told me it's not about that. That is, that is also confusing. And the Bible says that she drops, she drops her cup. She drops the cup that she had for scooping up water and she takes off. And what's crazy is when she takes off, she takes off doing a good thing. She runs around to everybody talking about how good this man was and how she thinks she's found the Messiah. Because she found a man who told her things about herself that no one could have possibly have known. She's spreading the name of Jesus. She's talking about the goodness of God. Yet there is, there, there is, there is no confirmation that her life actually got better. There is no confirmation that she actually reconciled her journey. There's no confirmation that God actually made up for lost time in her life. There's no confirmation that she left with peace in her soul. I think so many times as Christian, we live like this. We get confused, we get overwhelmed because we want it to be about certainty and God requires us to embrace uncertainty if we're gonna run and we're gonna walk with him. And so, so much of the time, don't we just live? I believe in God, I believe in Jesus. God is good, God is faithful. And yet when we look at our lives, where's the progress? When we look at our, what am I, when I talk about progress, I'm not talking about morality. I'm talking about, I'm talking about your journey should be able to be reconciled. You shouldn't have to be a prisoner to the abuse that happened to you as a child for all of your life. God should be working within you. There should be transformation actually happening on the inside of my heart as a believer. Man, God should be able to make up for lost time in my life. But you know what it, what it requires? The thing that I keep dropping. She drops, she drops her cup. In other words, she drops the one thing that Jesus needs in order to give her living water. I need you to give me a drink of water. How much of the time do we give up on what's in our hands in pursuit of what we think it should be? We give up on our marriage. We give up on our finances. We give up on our friendships. We give up on our church because of bad experiences. We give up, we get up, we give up. We throw aside the one thing that God needs to be able to actually have access to our lives. We don't invest. We get caught in the rat race of life. It's just impulse one thing to the next, one thing to the next, one thing to the next. And I think it's so fascinating because Jesus, in the middle of this conversation, says something to this woman. <laughs> he says, I, I, I wish you knew. <laughs> if, you, if you only knew, this is what he says, if you only knew the gift that heaven was trying to get to you. If, if, you, if you only knew the gift that heaven was trying don't society so much of the time sees God as a taker 
I got to give my money because God needs the money. The church needs the money. I got to give, I got to be humble because that's God is one. You know, God, if you only knew what God was trying to get to you, if you only knew, if you would just give me a cup of water, I can give to you living water. And what's crazy is he's not asking this woman for much. You know what he's basically saying? Everything that you're doing for everybody else, I'm just asking you to do it for me. You, you, you have a cup of water. Well, who are you scooping the water for? Probably for yourself, probably for your man that's at home. Maybe for you, do you have kids from the past marriages? Who, who, who are you scooping, scooping water for? I'm, I'm basically asking everything that you're doing for everybody else, would you just do it? do it for me. And if you do it for me, then I can give you satisfaction, fulfillment that you've been looking for. What, what is the practical application? You, you're working for your, your boss who is arrogant and he's mean and he doesn't treat you right. But God's saying the thing that you're doing for him, what if you just started doing it for me? You, 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 you're, 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 you're asking yourself, when will my marriage? It's going to be over. I've been trying this for year after year after year after year, and I've been trying. I've been, well, yeah, but you've been, you've been doing it for them. What if you just did it for, for, for me? What if you did what you were doing for everybody else? What if you just changed your motivation? I'm here to tell somebody today, sometimes we feel like people can steal from us, like people can take from us, like they can keep us from the place that we want to be. But if you see everything as an investment, no one can steal from someone who counts everything as seed. You can't steal something that someone is determined to sow. Man, you want to try to take my reputation? I'll just sow it. God will resurrect it anyway. You want to take away things that belong? No, I'm going to sow it as seed in my life. I'm going to watch God resurrect it. I'm going to invest it. No one can steal from me because I'm determined to invest everything. When I bite my lip, man, it's not me being less than. No, I am taking the lower road so that God can elevate me. When I do that, I'm serving water to Jesus. And when Jesus takes my water, he's able to give me living water. And that's what I really want. And that's what you really want. That's what we're searching for. That's why we get up every day. That's why we try new things. That's why people medicate. That's why people escape. That's why people are going to see doctor after doctor because they don't know how to figure out. They feel like I have more multiple personality disorder and there's like a bunch of people living within, we're living within my mind. and living, We're searching, we're searching for, searching for, for what? For something that external things can't give us. What if it really was as simple as serving? What if it really was as simple as you're not just a stay-at-home mom? You're not just an electrician. You're not just a salesman. No, you are an ambassador on behalf of God. You are serving water to Jesus by serving water to this world. And when you get up every day and you go after it with 100% of your heart, you invest, you invest, you invest, you invest, you invest, and then what? And then I invest and I invest and I invest that God, maybe God really is real and maybe he does have an ability to work beyond the work of my hands to fulfill and meet a need that I could not meet on my own. I wish you knew. I wish you knew the gift that heaven was trying to get to you. You're frustrated with your situation. You're overwhelmed with your marriage. There is no light. At the, I, I know, I get it. But I wish you knew. I wish you knew what heaven was trying to get to. I think about this in my life. And whenever I talk about this, it moves me emotionally because I wish, 
I wish that I actually just believed that God was actually good. And I wish I didn't freak out every time I felt anxious. And I wish I didn't freak out every time I felt like I was going to lose my reputation. And I wish I didn't freak out every time it seemed like my finances were getting worse. And I wish I didn't freak out when things didn't go my way. I wish, I wish instead, I wish my courage was to know that heaven is trying to get something to me. That I can't escape, I can't escape this good, good God. That if I'll stay faithful to invest, that if I won't just get caught up in the rat race one day to the next, you know what God wants to do for some of you today, for all of you today. He wants to reconcile your journey. He, he wants to do away with the power of where you've been to, that, that's keeping you from where it is that, that you want to be, from the person that you want. I could never become. He wants to reconcile that. He wants to rec- He wants to do away with the limitations. How? I, I, I got I to start investing. I just got to serve him. I got I to gotta change my motivator for how, how I'm living life. I got to bring to him water so he can give to me living water. He wants to reconcile. I wish you knew the gift that heaven was trying to get to you. I wish you knew that heaven was trying to make up for lost time. I wish you knew that heaven was trying to make up for opportunities that were missed and connections that were lost. Some of you think to yourself. If I could only, I'm here to tell you, I wish you knew. I wish you had the courage to believe. You believe in the stock market and you believe in money and you believe in the power of relationships. I wish, I dare you to believe in the power of God. I dare you to believe that heaven is real. I dare you to believe that heaven is working on your behalf to get something to you, that God's not trying to take anything from you. He doesn't need her water. He doesn't need her. If you have living water, why do you need this lady's water? He doesn't, it's not, it's not about the water. It's about the heart. It's about, it's, it's about, it's about the heart in your relationships. It's, it's, it's not about how many times I've got to treat my spouse right before they'll start coming to church with me. No, you, it's the wrong, you, no, no, it's, it's water unto Jesus. I'm going to do this because I'm serving God when I do it. God, I'm treating this person this way, not because I want to or not because it feels good, but it's because I'm treating this person like I would treat you. And if I treat this person like I would treat you, I give you access to work in my life on my behalf. He wants to make up for lost time. He wants to make up for lost time. He wants to help you heal your conscience. He wants to help you heal the emotional wounds that keep you from the future that you want. For those of you that are paralyzed in your current position today, and you can't, you, and I say, what's your dream? You'd say, what dream? I don't even know how to dream anymore because I tried that. I tried dreaming. I, I've forgotten how to dream. Why? Because I'm consumed. What do you consume with? I'm consumed with my current situation. I'm concerned, consumed with the fact that my kids aren't how or where I want them to be. I'm, cons- I'm consumed with politics. I'm consumed with fear. I'm consumed with our society. I'm consumed with our world. I'm consumed with relational trauma. He, he wants to help you heal these, these, these things that you're consumed by. Why? So that your life doesn't just have to be a current, a, 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 a merry-go-round. We're just here we are again. Here we are again. Here we are again. Here we are again. Same thing again. You can break the cycle. How? Serve him water. How? Everything you do, I don't do it unto you. I do it unto him. I wish you knew the gift that heaven was trying to get to you. What if it really was, was that simple? Maybe you serve here in the church. Maybe you come and you're, and you're involved. And you, I, think, I hear people all the time, well, I don't need to get involved. I don't need to, I'm actually good. My life's good. I don't need people to say, I don't need to come to church because, you know, my, my journey hasn't been that bad. And I've been blessed with whatever. And. And I'm not really overwhelmed in my conscience. I know, but, but, but I bet you, I bet you you've missed opportunities. I bet you your life could, could be better than where, it might be good, but it could be better. 
What if we dared to be those kinds of people that we're never satisfied with where we're at, not as it pertains to our work, but as it pertains to our calling in the life that God has, has, has built for us, that we wouldn't settle for just what is, and we wouldn't settle just for good, but we would pursue the greatness of everything that he has predestined for us. I wish you knew, sir. I wish you knew, ma'am. I, w- I wish you knew a person today that's struggling with faith and I don't even know. I wish you, I get it, I get it. It's, life is not easy. I get it, I get it. But I wish you knew the gift that heaven was trying to get to you. I hope we don't become people that are a lot of ways like this woman. That Man, we believe in God and we can tell people that I know that there's a higher power and I know there's something more. What, how devastating is it if like, our own internal situation can't get better. Like if we're just decade after decade just going through the same crap, like that's not that's not God's will for your life. It's not God's will for your life. And I I just believe, maybe with just a little shift of perspective, to know that we don't have to be just reading the box, white girl. Like we don't have to be those. We can actually stop and say, oh, okay, so everything's an investment? Yep, everything. Okay, so when I go to work and my boss is rude and I hate my job and my coworkers talk about me, that's an investment? Yep, it's an investment. Okay, and nobody can keep me from the place that God has called me? That's right, yep. So if I'll be faithful with where I'm at, then you're telling me God will get me to where I need to be? Exactly, that's exactly what I'm telling you. So, so when I've been working at my marriage for a long time, time now and it and it doesn't seem like it's working out I, I i need to i need to shift my motivating factor and instead of serving to get the other person to change i need to serve as if i'm serving jesus and things might yeah that's what i'm telling you and maybe you doubt that isn't it worth a try is it isn't it worth is it i mean is it not worth you tried everything else the bible says that, that a man looks at the external God looks at the internal. In other words, this is fascinating to me because we're obsessed with the external. But what if, what if really where we end up in life was really more determined by what's going on inside than what was going on outside? I think that that makes sense when we stop and think about it. The reason why people can have success on the outside and want to take their life is because what was going on on the inside wasn't where it needed to be. I'm here to tell you that I do believe your best days are ahead. If you'll be willing, man, what do I need to do? Just do do what you're doing now for a different reason. Do what you're doing now for, do I need to read my Bible? Well, yeah, you do. But but it's more about why why are you reading your Bible? Do you need to, do I need to give more? Yeah, you should, you really probably should. But I'm more concerned about why you're giving. Do, do I need to serve more? Do I need to do I need to be more selfless? Probably. But I'm more concerned about, God's more concerned about why you want to be selfless. For the purposes of ego? For the purposes of pride? So that we can look good? Or No. Because I believe that heaven's trying to get something to me. Heaven's trying to get something to me. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes with me all across this space? God, in this moment, we believe you've spoken to our hearts and that uh, 
You've gone beyond just, just our intellect and really helped us to illuminate, to see something we haven't seen uh, God, God before. So God, in this place, there's people that we're, it's hard for us to get all in. And you already know because you created us. You know us. God, in this moment, would you begin to help us reconcile our journey? Could you just maybe turn on the, on, on the lights in the dark room of our soul to help us to see, okay, maybe God can help me reconcile my journey. Maybe God can help me make up for lost time. Maybe, maybe, God, maybe God can really help me with my anxiety and my depression in a way that medications cannot. I'm thankful for medications. But maybe God has a way that he could set your soul at rest. Maybe, maybe God. So God, today we just give you access to the room of our heart. And in fact, I'm going to ask you to do something. Just every head bowed, every eye closed. If there's something in this message that makes you say on the inside of your heart, yeah, I need to do that. I need to be better at that. I'm going to go first, but I want you to, to raise your hand. And here, here's why. We're not going to come forward or nothing. But I want us to make a public declaration of a personal decision. In other words, I don't want you just to say, oh, that's good. I want you to commit between you and God with every head bowed and every eye closed that God, I'm, I'm going to make some moves. So if that's you right now, as, as, the, as the band sings the song, would you just shoot your hand up in the air and just hold it there? Almost just a sign of surrender. My hand's boldly in the air. God, I just make, I just make some commitments that I'm going to be more intentional in my relationships. God, I've been super selfish. I've been super selfish, and I get balled up in anxiety when I go through situations that I don't understand. So I'm going to choose to believe that heaven's working on my behalf even when I can't feel it. God, I'll keep investing. I'll keep working. When my heart gets weak, when my knees get weak and they start to shake because it's like, oh, God, what did I do? What water am I walking on? No, I will find stability. Stability in the person who has called me. Stability in the, in the thing that's beating on the inside of my chest that I didn't put there. God, I'll keep investing. I'll keep going after it. I'll keep believing. God, I'll still, I'll still fight. I'll still fight for relationships. If I have to lay aside my ego and say I'm sorry, even though I shouldn't have to say I'm sorry, God, I'll do it so that I can serve you a cup of water so that you can give to me living water. God, I look to you as a church family at every campus. We look to you. We look to you. Now, God, in this place, God, in this place. God, I just, I just choose to believe. Let me just declare some things in this place. God, I just, I just choose to believe as we have made this shift in our hearts that we, we enable you to get to us what heaven's been trying to get to us. So God, I just declare it today that this week people get unexpected phone calls. They get unexpected emails. I'm talking dramatic turnarounds in situations. I'm declaring in people's lives who have been trying to get their marriage where they want it to be. It's almost going to seem like a light bulb just turned on this week, that things are just going to start to shift. I declare over people's lives who have been, who've been experiencing pain in their back and in their body and in their legs that they can't explain and the doctors can't figure out why. And it's a result of stress and anxiety because of your current situation. I just speak to sickness and disease. That, have, that has come upon your body as a result of your current situation. And I just declare no more. God, as we make a shift in our soul, we just declare that you make up for lost time. God, as we make a shift in our soul, we declare that you make up for lost time. Come on, can somebody just declare? God, as I make a shift in my soul, I believe that you're making up for lost time. As I make a shift in my soul, you're making up for lost time. God, I just declare some people, some people in this place, somebody needs to hear this. Your business, your business reputation has been damaged because of things that have happened along your journey. 
and you've thought to yourself, we'll never be what we could have been because. And I just declare today, as you start doing business with a different motivation, that this week there's a turnaround. I just declare that into your life. So some of you believe because of the jerk, because you, di you didn't do things legal like you should have done in the beginning, and you think that you're going to be cursed because of it. I'm here, I'm here to tell you that, 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 that Jesus was cursed so that your business doesn't have to be, and that the blood of Jesus is strong enough to make up for your mistakes, and he has a way of making up for lost time. Some of you in this place, I think some of you, you're, you're, you're trying to, you're striving, you're striving, you're striving. What, what, am, I, what am I talking about? Everything, you, you think, I got to get up there, I got to grind, I got to network, I got to make it happen, I got to make it happen. I'm here to tell you, if you'll see everything that you do as an investment, God can bless it. If you see it as a, just a work of your hand, you're, you're on your own merit. You, you got to be good enough. You got to be skilled enough. You got to be talented enough. You got to be able to predict where things are going. But if you'll see, you, you, you see investing your talent and your time, your money, your plans, if you'll see it all as an investment, I'm here to tell you that God can bless your life in a way that you could not bless yourself. He has an ability. Man, if you'll sow your talent as a seed, even to customers, even to customers, watch how God accelerates your influence in this place today. God, we choose to believe in something bigger than what's just natural. Not in a weird, spooky, crazy way. We just have the courage to believe that we're not the ones driving this ship. That we are not the masters of our own fate. That as, if we, as, as, as we, God, give you water. In other words, as we do the things that we're already doing for the right reasons, that we enable you to give us living water. Fulfillment. We, we enable you to get the very thing that heaven's been trying to get to us all along. Let's just take a second. Let's just sing. Let's just open our hearts to God. I believe, and, and maybe you're new to this church thing, and maybe maybe it's different for you. Can you just open up your heart? Can you unlock the, the gate of your soul? Some of us know what this is like, that we sit in church and we're like, yeah, okay, let's, let's get out of here. But I'm talking about internally. Like, just let go for a second, just for like 30 seconds. And see if God can just maybe do something in your life. God, we just open our hearts to you. Some of you just need to take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. It's, gonna, it's really going to be okay. It's a hard season. It's, it's going to be okay. 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 You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. You're here. To, you're not going to end your life. You're not going to end. Somebody hear me. You're not going to take your life. No, no, no. It's just, it's just a season. It's just a low point, but the mountaintop is coming. It's just a low point, but the mountaintop is coming. Keep walking. How do I get out of the valleys? One foot in front of the other. How do I get out of the hearts? I keep walking. I keep moving. I keep pushing forward. I keep trusting. I keep serving up water to whom? To everybody. To everybody. To my friends, to my family members, to my coworkers, to the people around me. One foot in front of the other. God's got you. God's got you. God's got you. God's God, you're not alone. You're not alone on this journey. Come on, keep walking. Keep making bold moves. Keep chasing those big dreams. Keep going after it. I don't care if everybody doubts you. I don't care if everybody's shaking their heads saying, what are they doing again? You keep doing it. You keep pushing. You keep trusting God. I'm here to tell you the winds of heaven are at your back. Don't be moved by your feelings. Don't be moved by the facts. He's got you. He's got you. Yes, God. I give you everything I am. In my time, my time.
all across this room, if you've never made a decision to place your faith in Christ, I think more important than anything that we're talking about today, we believe that, man, when our heart stops beating, we spend forever somewhere. And uh, again, God's not trying to take anything from you. He's trying to get something to you. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If your heart was to stop beating today, where do you think you would go and why? I believe that I would go to heaven because my faith is not in my works or my ability. My faith and my belief is in Christ and the sacrifice that he made for me so that when God looks at me, he doesn't see me, he doesn't see Nick, he sees Jesus. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you want to secure your eternity in heaven, I just want to lead you in a prayer. I really believe it is as simple as that. And uh, if your heart's compelling you to do so, I believe you're ready to make that decision. So I'm not going to try to talk you into it. But I am going to ask that everybody in this room at every single campus that we can pray this out loud. Mean it with all of our heart today. Let's really mean it. Let's say this out loud. Say, Jesus, today, I believe in my heart. Say out of my mouth. You're the son of God. I believe you lived for me. I believe you died for me. I believe you came back from the dead for me. Today, I call you my savior. I make you my Lord. Say this, help me to live the life you made me to live. Let's say this, say, help me to live my best life. In Jesus' name. Everybody say it. Amen. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 